Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Introducing a new incarnation of world-renowned spiritual teachings, Higher Balance Dojo. Dojo is Higher Balance's latest digital training membership. Inside the Dojo studio, you'll find loads of curated content, handpicked and organized to help you learn the most important lessons and techniques that are guaranteed to bring about spiritual transformation initiate real mystical experiences, and inspire you to reach ever-increasing new heights on your journey to spiritual awakening. Sign up for a $1 trial to Higher Balance Dojo now and experience it for yourself by visiting hbidojo.com. That's h-b-i-d-o-j-o.com. In this clip, Eric discusses non-thought and the distractions we experience when we are trying to maintain that state of mind. Learn to minimize the level of interruption from the babbler so you can attain deeper levels of consciousness. Enjoy. To see more and get a link to access the full class, go to rebelgururadio.com forward slash EJP session 11. question um, about non-thought. I'll find sometimes when I'm trying to hold non-thought, I'll hear like a sound in the background, but it's like very distant. And it's like, I'm trying to have complete silence and there'll be something in the background or my breathing. It's almost like my brain's mimicking the sound of my breathing. And I'm noticing it's not me breathing. Why is it so loud? And it's literally like in sync with my breathing. And I don't know how to get that to like, yeah, that's like a, that's always a good one. I, I remember that when I went a long time ago. It's uh, you'll you'll meditate and you're like, okay, I've got non-thought, and you're like, oh, don't think that I have non-thought. Oh, here I'm thinking about thinking about non-thought, and then all of a sudden you you hear, you know, this, and then you're aware of it, and you're like, you're like, really, like, like is my brain audibly creating breathing sounds? So now it's not talking, it's it's creating a mimic of breathing think about that think about how crazy that is you know the 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 next thing would be would be you know you you get the breathing out and then all of a sudden you hear your stomach growling and you're like but it's not growling it's in my head creating it like it's growling because it's just another layer to to create distraction so let's talk about the ultimate probably like if there's there's like probably several ultimate enemies to really kind of having non-thought at a level you want. And of course, that's the babbler. Then it's also your body with body aches and stuff. And then the third is just just really mundane life, you know, just just basically cars driving by, motorcycles kicking it up at the right time when they never did that going by your house or something going in your house or your pets doing it. You know, that's it. Those usually are your, your three contenders. And Here's part of the thing that you have to always understand. 
everybody's going to have a degree of babbling. When you can truly accept that, it's when the babbler starts to minimalize to a lower level of interruption. If you think you're going to, to it does everything the opposite of what you think it's going to do. It's like a mirror. You look at it, it doesn't look like it's the opposite of you, but in a way it's, it's a reverse. So there's a part of you that goes, well, it's not reverse, but it is in a different way, okay? And so therefore, whatever you want, for whatever reasons, the mind wants to, to, to do the opposite of that. So you could almost say that wanting it to talk at you, okay, is almost, in a sense, would make it quieter, but it also knows your, your deeper subconscious. And that deeper subconscious knows that you're plotting to get it to be quiet, so it doesn't necessarily help. I'm a firm believer that having the babbler in your mind is incredibly intelligent idea to prevent people from attaining non-thought for any length of time. It's almost like a feel-safe system to prevent people from having an awakening. And it is a powerful program without limit and, and that's a very powerful statement that I just gave. So I think that you have to look at the babbler as being this, this thing that you accept. And I think that ultimately the, the true masters of shutting off the babbler, whether they realize it or not, are probably people who are parents and they currently have anything from about two to four years old for children around them. I don't know, but it just seems to me when we're at the movies or at a restaurant, the kids can be screaming, doing awful things, having tantrum tantrums, and they just act as if there's nothing going on. They're like totally zen. They're, they're just eating their food and everybody around them just going, you know, and it's like, how do they do that? All joking aside on that, there's something to be learned. And I have to say, you know, through observation, there is great mystical knowledge that can be revealed and wisdom and that is is that somehow they condition themselves to not be over reactive to the stimuli that's being presented to them it's not to say they don't hear the kids but they kind of check out you know it's kind of like having a partner in your life and blah, 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 and you're like yes dear no dear whatever but there's a sense of you checking out but and there's something to what I'm saying here, you know, because I, I think you guys think I'm, I'm joking more than I'm not. And, and let me point out something else to you. This is all about how you can convince yourself to look at the issue. And by, by finding the right way to get yourself logically to look at the issue is going to discern the volume level of the babbler. It's all in, in how you develop that relationship with it. And so when you think about some people will want to run a TV when they go to bed and they can't sleep unless that TV is, is on. Now, if you ask them what, what was playing, they don't have a clue. Even when they weren't really asleep, they, 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 they were still aware, but they somehow have developed a way to, to check out from that distraction. Other people need music playing. Other people need different things, okay? But they've changed their, their mind, and the mind has a, a method by which it will shut down things that are distracting it, okay? 
it's it's interesting because if we if we look at why do we react to to things going on or why does the babbler talk let's just try to i i often say that nine, the vast majority of things that that occupy our mind are for survival and when you think about it you you look at the primary there there is survival is hunter gathering food so you're always having to be consciously thinking of strategies to either find food look for food where you'll find that food okay and more so if other species like like a, a pack of hyenas or something got a, a deer can you get that some portion of that meat away because it's the easiest way to obtain food so I think that in, in earlier man, we either had very limited communication. We probably communicated through grunts, through, through different gestures, and which means we probably internalize a much more complex level of self-communication where we either thought it, visualized it, or we, we would kind of talk in our own head in, in probably some unusual way. So, I think this is what developed that. And I think it's a, it is once again a, a mechanism to ensure the survival of us as a species, as, as everything is designed to do when you look at evolution. So when we think about the babbler and you ask yourself, what are you babbling about? What are you thinking about? Nine times out of 10, it has to do with your survival. It, it has to do with dealing with a relationship that's still survival. It has to deal with money. That's survival. It, it has to do with, with probably food. That's survival. Okay. I think that if we did a big study and we really analyzed what is it that we find ourselves babbling about or where is our mind going? Okay. I would joke all the time and one of the babble things would be like, oh, I got to check on my laundry. The truth is I probably never thought of that. So the, the real question is, is that a great way to to understand your own mind is to maybe sit down and try to to write down or at least record real fast where you can press something okay compile all the stuff that you catch yourself babbling about and then ask yourself kind of like in a in a in a therapist way you know really what is the reason why you're thinking about these things why are they, they coming up in your mind? Why are they so important to your survival or to your consciousness? Now, if we look at other tools I've, I've given you, then I would say a great tool to mashables, okay, meaning one tool set versus another, like what we're talking about, I would say time stepping. If you were to think about your whatever issues you are being vexed at, and you were to, to convince yourself to some degree that somehow that issue's been resolved and you visualize it, okay? That you, you create a mock scenario of whatever that problem is to be done. So let's take a step back and, and also look at the fact of 
when we're just talking about Zen monks and how, how peaceful they are, their environment, they're very restrictive about what's in their environment. They really don't want anybody there. They certainly don't want us there. They don't want anybody there, but they do it because they need the money to keep the facility because they don't, they don't really have any other monetary source. So it's kind of like, I'm sure that they get together with whoever the, the Zen center leader is. And they're like, okay, we're going to get, some group in here and they're going to be chit chatty and blah 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 and they're going to be very excited and don't look at this as annoying look at this as a challenge to your discipline you know can you remain detached mentally can you not get a vexation from from being irked about what they're talking about or that they're talking about god forbid sex or meat or you know for food or 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 whatever you know or, or how bad they need to have a cigarette right now but they they got to find a place to sneak it on they're like oh my god like you know they would they would dare smoke cigarette on our property or eat you know some some you know uh, beef jerky i mean that would piss me off if i was them you know what I'm saying? But here again, you've got to be like, I got to zip it because we've got to pay the bills because there won't be a center for us. So this is their, their sacred space. And so I would say that, that how you choose to think about it versus letting it bother you or having something to subdue it with, okay, this is all a test. This is the test to see how far I've gotten. That makes you want to be successful. It makes you want to be mindful of your mind getting irritated. So the other thing is, is that why, why do people gravitate going to a place like the Zen center or a temple or living in a commune or seeking out refuge of whatever and that, that is to get away from the things that drive the mind. Okay. And I'm, I'm always kind of amused by that because, you know, I don't necessarily really agree with, with that approach and, and I'll make my argument this way. I was watching a, a documentary about the last tribe or one of the last tribes in, in South America in the Amazon and how they came out of the bushes and eventually, you know, some anthropologists or whatever made contact with them and they videoed it. And so, you know, eventually they were wearing shorts and a t-shirt and blah, blah, blah. And so he, he basically asked him through an interpreter, so what, do you, what did you spend your day doing? And he says, well, when I was younger, all I did was think about going out is to fight other tribes makes logic okay he says now you know that i'm older he says I, I usually just lay around thinking about what we're going to have for dinner later what are the women cooking but but this tells me that there isn't this level of of non-thought now it's probably they have periods of greater non-thought because they have less stimuli but the, here's the thing is that there is still mental internal blabbing going on I mean, can you imagine, you know, like what's going on in his head? I, I wonder what kind of maybe, you know, insects with, with, you know, I don't know, possum, you know, or are they going to stew it? Or are they going to roast it? You know, maybe we'll have some fire ants for a little zestiness or not, you know, I mean, or, or maybe not. And gosh, you know, I remember when, she, when such and such cooked it. Oh, they made it awful. You know, it was so tough and everything. So this is their, their thing. But I think also that they have less stimuli in their day-to-day -day life and that that is what what fuels the the mind to to be erratic or to to get it going and so when you start to take away those things you really just have survival where you're trying to discern is that a lion in the bushes i see blending in is that a bear is it going to come after me is it not going to come after me so survival is, is probably why our brain is always checking in with us so we're not so spacey so if we're in la la land and we're watching the, 
the water with all the ripples and the sunlight hitting it and we're being you know going into a trance i'm sure the check-in is for safety to say did you look around do you think something and it's telling you oh there might be something coming to get you you know it's gonna eat you or you know or or whatever and this is survival and this is probably evolutionary why there's a big contribution to us constantly having these interruptions so so knowing this you have to you have to to understand that the, the, the conversation i'm giving you is is taking away these these little pieces because you you have these ahas and you go okay it's a security thing so when when you're meditating by knowing knowing you have a secure space knowing that you've locked your doors knowing that you've got everything under control puts the subconscious mind at ease and it it will probably lower its check-in amount of time consistently with you even though you think it's basic interruptions maybe that's because it knows you get immune to ooh there's a lion in the room you know what i'm saying now it's like well what what can i throw at it to to get the attention it's still awareness it's still looking around it's still checking in rather than checking out so even if you think oh i'm in my house i'm i'm safe and blah 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 you've got to treat your brain like a child and you you have to say to it everything is is good to secure you you know you almost have to go up like somebody who who is um what do they do when they have to count how many cracks there are and do you know uh, uh there's a, a name for this uh it's like a idiot savant or whatever you know where you you have to step back and forth 10 times and touch the doorknob or something you know and it's interesting because i do certain things that that uh, not those but i do certain things that i find that i have to say well isn't that's so true about me i when i meditate privately in my room and in in, in general i'm always checking the goddamn locks on the road i got a lot of uh, a lot of crazies who, who are on to me okay and so i i check the door locks i check sure everything is secure i mean i'm checking out and in order for me to go really deep i know i want to to have everything as secure as possible so that my brain will just kind of chill out i know the front door is locked i know everything is i know i could turn on an alarm if i turn on the alarm i even go even deeper i suspect so I guess what I've done is I've trained myself to minimize my, my potential distractions. It's, so it's not the normal distractions. It's really security. And this is why I'm, I'm sharing this and, and why I understand this. So it's, it's the sense of that your body knows for the sake of survival that it's safe, it's secure, that you're, you're shutting down your hearing, you're shutting down your, your, your sensories, really. You're no longer thinking about smell. You're no longer thinking about hearing. You're no longer thinking about, and, and you're saying, I'm going to shut these all down so I'm not distracted. That's just crazy to the survival mechanism of our species. Think about it. It's just crazy. And so there's this interruption to kind of get you to orientate to these senses again, more than likely for survival. So by, by creating the most extreme secure situation, you're increasing the amount or length of time for you to have a deep fulfilling and, and, and informative in a way, spiritually informative experience. Putting your spiritual knowledge into practice makes all the difference on the path to becoming one with the universe. But there is a power when we gather and practice together, which is why Eric is teaching a live two hour class every month. You'll learn new techniques, practice and connect with the higher balance community and create a tuning fork effect that resonates and creates a ripple effect on you for the rest of the month.
To access the full class, go to rebelgururadio.com forward slash Eric Pepin live.